Well, you know these guys? I sure do. They know you. Much respected. Tremendous. They are rootsy. Yep. They are... They got it going on. They, yeah. That's they're happening. What was, that's what they're happening. They work hard, they play hard. They, they play hard, they work hard. They look good, they feel they, good. That, yeah, I could have said the same Pretty thing. much all you need. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 134. I think I might have called this The Wrestling Life. I think it's called The Wrestling Life, it's 134. I'm sorry, it's been a very long day and I'm very angry. I'm Ethan. <laughs> I'm Liam. We have a lot to get to this week. We were planning off the show via text message and via Twitter this week, and we just ran into like 60 topics that... I don't know. Liam hates Seinfeld, but I, this is going to be an airing. <laughs> this is going to be an airing of the grievances episode because I don't know that I, every time we we spoke about a different topic, I was like, "Oh, please remind me to talk about this because this pissed me off this week." Or Liam's like, "Okay, but you got to make sure to get." Uh, I don't know what was it this week. Are we just? Becoming like a, a Walter and Walt, Waldorf and Stadler, the Muppet box, the guys on the Muppets, or <laughs> was this an especially egregious week? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we're we're gonna get into all the various topics in a minute here, but I think these are legitimate. These aren't. I don't think these are are nitpicks. I mean, there there are certainly weeks when there isn't as much to talk about. When shows like ours will absolutely find things to nitpick about, just so we have conversation. But I don't think this is one of those weeks. I think we've got a lot to talk about, and a lot of it happens to be stuff that we don't like. I think that's fair and honest. Well, on this show, I'm the setup guy, and you're the uh, you're the closer. Um, and I my shtick, if such as it is, is very tired. But if there's one thing, if you, the listener, have been listening to this show for any length of time, uh, you know that my thing, other than a borderline Mick Foley-esque love of women's wrestling, the other thing that I have <laughs> is a burning hatred for the demon Kane. And I'm offended by his presence in modern wrestling. And Kane made his return to Monday Night Raw this week. And I am here to body shame a 50-year-old man this week. <laughs> I'm just going to I think we should just start there because Okay. Look, it's one thing if Kane coming back was a one-off or Kane was coming back to do a cameo, but no, Kane returned in the main event angle on a go-home show for a pay-per-view that features the Shield reuniting. His re-debut angle was with the top guy in the company, Roman Reigns, a babyface who you've been trying to build for several years now, and who will be having like his fifth coronation at this upcoming WrestleMania <laughs> uh, roughly six months from now. 
and he's out there having to sell for Kane, who came through the ring and wearing his Kane is a grandfather, as far as I know. Like he's running for county mayor, Knox County mayor, or something, whatever that is. Like I thought you were mayor of a city, not mayor of a county. But I don't know how Middle America works. <laughs> I guess apparently, <laughs> because apparently you can be mayor of a county. But they pulled Kane off the campaign trail, the campaign trail here, <laughs> and they put him in his bodysuit. Kane is fifty. He's a grandpa. And I, as a, as someone who is not naturally thin and someone who has not spent very much time in the gym in say the last four months, I can, I can sympathize to a certain extent with, with those that are carrying some extra weight right now. I am not as felt as I normally am. However, I am not in a sleeveless mesh sheer bodysuit on <laughs> on global television with my nipples and my breasts <laughs> exposed and Kane was out there with his boobs flopping cho- choke slamming Roman Reigns and I am here to body shame him if you don't have the self respect to at least dress for your body type you're just looking like a grandpa and I can't begin to take you even anywhere close to as seriously as I normally take you. And normally, I hate your guts anyway. So what is this going to what What is this going to do to help matters? <laughs> Kane, 2017, and this kind of goes to a, a point that you made in return uh, in speaking to me as I was flipping out and nearly catatonic. At the return of Kane this week, you said you brought up an interesting point as what Kane's return uh, brought to mind for you. Yeah, so it just got me to thinking that this is just what Vince McMahon does when either the ratings are down or attendance is down, or he just doesn't have he just doesn't have like a great creative idea. He goes back to the same dudes. He goes back to Kane. He goes back to Big Show. He goes back to, you know, Cena and Orton. The big, the big men. He went back to, you know, at the to the detriment of that year's WrestleMania. He went back to Austin and Rock in two thousand three, and when that program didn't light the world on fire, he went back even further and went back to Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper in two thousand and three. In nineteen ninety five. A full, about 10 years after he had main evented WrestleMania 2, he brought King Kong Bundy back to feud with The Undertaker. He will always go back to the same guys. If Big Boss Man was still alive, he would oh. be on Raw. I truly believe that. He would be <laughs> oh. on Raw. He'd be a commissioner. He'd be somebody's bot. He would be on the show. If Sergeant Slaughter or somebody like that could still go, they would be on this show. He would be on this show right now. Uh, it's just that's just Vince when he doesn't know what else to do will always will always go back to those same stiffs. It doesn't matter how tired they are, how out of shape they are, how you know whatever doesn't matter because it's just Vince. It's just all Vince knows, and he's a seventy-three year old man. And when he's upset or he panics or he doesn't know what else to do for whatever reason, he's gonna go back to Kane and Big Show. 
I mean, you put Big Show with Big Cass this this year. They had that terrible SummerSlam match. Uh, you know, he put Big Show with Braun Strowman. At least they managed to have a couple of good matches. But like, that's those guys. Those guys are always going to be the ones that he goes back to when he doesn't know what else to do. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's certainly not. It's terrible. But it's all he knows. So this is just what... So until the day comes when Kane or the Big Show or whoever else in, you know, that's all those big guys who sit in Vince's back pocket, until they finally say, no, man, I'm done. I'm not coming back. I'm not working with Roman Reigns. I'm not working, I'm not working a program with the baby face you're trying to get over. Sorry, man, I'm done. Until that happens, he's just going to keep bringing him back. And I know that's depressing, but I feel like we need to prepare for it because I don't think this is Kane's last run. I don't think the steel cage match with Braun Strowman was Big Show's last match. Like, it's oh, gonna, no chance. He's, gonna, he's coming back with a fake hip. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to be back, and they're probably going to be programmed with top guys forever. Until they, until those guys say, Man, Vince, I'm too old, or I'm too broken down, or I want to go be mayor, or whatever. Like that's until they, until he can't physically get them to come back anymore. He will always go back to those people. That's horrifying, but I think you're absolutely correct. First of all, your Sergeant Slaughter line is hilarious and 100 percent dead on. Like if Slaughter, <laughs> if Slaughter and Pat Patterson could still go, <laughs> oh yeah, they'd be out there every week. <laughs> if Bris- I mean, they wouldn't have. They would have had Briscoe and Patterson be uh, Seth Rollins guys a couple years ago if they could still go. They had to slide in uh, Jamie and, and Joey Mercury instead. But yeah, that's yeah, they would still be out there if if, if they were still willing to go out there and take bumps and get hit with chairs and stuff. This is a very depressing thing, but that point, um, or the fact that Vince never really learns any lessons uh, or will always fall back on the same kinds of things. I was having deja vu all over again, to borrow a Yogi Bear phrase this week, when Triple H's nutritionist did an interview, did a podcast <laughs> interview. Now, if you're Triple H, by the way, I don't know why you're letting your nutritionist do any media like i would think (laughs) i would think normally when wwe has any of their people do media like they have a pr person on the phone line with you (laughs) and with with the talent like all these radio interviews and i mean they they're very stingy when it comes to letting people do podcasts but like there's generally somebody sitting in the room (laughs) from wwe right who's like micromanaging whatever message it is that you're getting out. Now, I'm sure the nutritionist or is not like, you know, contracted WWE employee or whatever. It's just a, a, you know, it's just Triple H's nutritionist. But so he does this podcast interview and the guy asks him, hey, Triple H is, you know, he asked him without asking him what it was Triple H taking to look as good as he did <laughs> at the last couple of WrestleManias, given that he's a guy in his, in his mid to late 40s now. And the nutritionist, without explicitly saying, well, Triple H takes HC, HCG and HGH and a low, low levels of uh, testosterone, 
kind of implied that Triple H and a lot of the guys in WWE take HCG and HGH and low levels of testosterone. And I heard the number thrown around on a Wrestling Observer podcast this week of as many as 14 or 15 guys under contract to WWE that have therapeutic use exemptions and can use testosterone, which they cracked down on that a number of years ago. But hello. Okay. A couple of points here. First of all, I thought they finally learned after Benoit that you can't have a bunch of guys uh, taking testosterone. And they, they kind of made their drug policy real. They made it somewhat real after Eddie died in 2005. And then they actually made it like a real drug policy in 2007 after Benoit murdered his family and had like a ridiculous amount of, of testosterone, fake testosterone in his system at the time. They cracked down on it and made it a real drug policy for, for a few years. But because no one has died... Uh, um, at least, you know, no one under contract to them has died at like 35 or 40 in the last decade. They're getting lax again. They're granting more TUEs. They're letting guys take testosterone. So that's the first thing is that they aren't taking their own drug policy safe because just like in the mid 90s, they had a real drug policy. And then they slowly started backsliding into <laughs> letting guys get on whatever they want. And, and this is a publicly traded company now. This is not old time carny wrestling anymore. I mean, it is, but in theory, <laughs> this is not old time carny wrestling anymore. You should not be dealing with guys. I mean, just Google Triple H's nutritionist, by the way, and look at some of the things that he's been accused of in the past. And it's like, this, this guy is not uh, Zahorian who is handing out paper bags full of drugs to wrestlers in locker rooms in Allentown, Pennsylvania in 1987. But at the same time, it's like, why are you even letting yourself anywhere near anyone who might be considered the 2017 version of a Mark doctor or a dirty doctor? You know what I mean? And it's like, and it's yeah. not, and it's not somebody at... Kurt Hawkins level who's you know nutritionist is going out and talking about what guys are taking this is Triple H's nutritionist who did an interview and was talking about what Triple H and guys like him might be putting in their system can you believe that in 2017 <laughs> this company hasn't learned those two lessons about dealing with guys like this and letting the guys take drugs I mean Unfortunately, yeah, uh, I, I can believe it. Like you said, as horrifying as that is to say, nobody's died, or at least nobody under contract has died in uh, in several years now. So it probably doesn't seem it seems like a distant problem. And you know that idea of well, as long as there's a medical exemption, that little that little caveat is there. They. <laughs> You give as again uh, use use some cliches here. You give you give those types of you give that little bit of an inch, and they will take the whole mile. They will absolutely. I think it will be abused if it hasn't already. Um, but I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised. I mean, I think I mean Cena and Orton and some of these other guys are are giving pretty candid interviews uh, on Edge and Christian's podcast. I just listened to the one that uh, Orton did a few days ago, and. Uh, 
And he, yeah, he talked about like, it's, he's 40. Everything, like he said, I can't, I used to be able to eat whatever I wanted. And as long as I worked out, I was fine. And now I have to work so freaking hard to stay in the shape that I'm in. And it's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me, especially the guys who are in their mid to late thirties. I'm sure it's, it's a lot harder. You can't just go to the gym and look the way you looked five years ago. Um, eat whatever you want. So I'm sure it's very attractive to those guys, especially when you're on the road a lot. Cause like, Hey, it's a medical exemption. It's prescribed by a doctor. It'll help me out. It'll make working out easier. It'll make whatever else and make maintaining my look on television easier. Uh, I mean, I understand why it's attractive to guys who wear spandex on national television, as you, uh, as you mentioned during your body shaming segment. Um, my now weekly body shaming segment. Yes. Uh, oh man, it is a pattern now. We better <laughs> better take a few weeks off. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's t- it it is. I think, as you pointed out, the most fascinating part is that this guy, who is obviously, I mean, he, I mean, from what I can tell, and from the interviews and stuff, he's he's close. He, I don't, I don't know how many friends people like Triple H and Stephanie McMahon have in real life. But they, you know, they're, they're obviously, he, this guy is in their house frequently. So you would think someone that knows them as well as, as he does, like, like they would just tell him like, Hey, if you're asked about this kind of stuff, don't you know, be the least amount of honest that you can be. Um, right. So, yeah, I think perhaps the most fascinating part of all of this is just that the guy was so honest. And, uh, you know, and WWE, you know, basically made the statement and said, well, less, you know, yes, there are about 7% of our current active roster or something has, has, has medical exemptions for it. Um, so I guess, I mean, they're not, nobody's denying it. It's not like, oh, anybody's twisting anybody's words. No, this is just, this is how it is right now. And like I said, I'm concerned that, yeah, right now it might only be, 15 guys but you know now that it's somewhat public knowledge i wouldn't be surprised if more guys start asking uh you know asking a doctor for you know for that for that exemption i don't uh i don't know i just yeah it's concerning in a way that i think not a lot of people are are necessarily realizing yet um i think there's still for a reason that idea in your head well as long as it's prescribed by a doctor it's fine. It's, I think what triple H said in that muscle and fitness interview from like 2002, uh, was like, well, as long as it's prescribed by a doctor, I I think steroids are okay. It's like, yeah, they're okay until you find a doctor who will provide you with, uh, whatever Ben will have like six months worth of doses that he was taking per week or whatever, something or per month, whatever, uh, just the, the crazy insane amounts until you find that doctor who is greedy enough or foolish enough to prescribe you enough, you know, that somebody dies. And I mean, hopefully knock on wood, pray to whatever deity you believe in that we don't get to that level with this time. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a concerning, it's a concerning thing. And I don't think it should be laughed off or shrugged off. What else got your goat this week? Brock Lesnar and Jinder Mahal apparently are going to wrestle at Survivor Series because we're recycling ideas from like 
a decade ago where Survivor Series will be interbrand matches and we'll have a champion versus champion match for no good reason. And one champion will beat the other champion and make that title look inferior. I'm assuming, right? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, my thought is what I'm just, I can't, I'm trying to imagine how the match will be put together. And I can't, like, I can't picture it. Um, what would those guys even do? Are they just going to get in the ring and stare at each other? I mean, neither one of them can do anything at this point. <laughs> I mean, Brock's going to throw the dude around a little bit. And then, like, is, like, is Brock going to get distracted by the Singh brothers? Because Jinder only has one type of match. He has the match where he wrestles the guy for two minutes, and then the guy wrestles the Singh brothers on the floor for another three minutes, and then he puts on chin lock. And then the babyface makes his comeback, and the Singh brothers distract, and then Jinder wins. So like, is is Brock gonna be distracted by the Singh brothers and and Jinder Mahal's gonna get the heat on Brock Lesnar? Like, I I can't imagine that. But I also can't imagine them just having Jinder get squashed either, as much time as they put into him. So my thought is probably what they'll do, and I obviously wouldn't recommend this, but it's probably whoever Brock's gonna wrestle at the Royal Rumble will come out and lay out Brock, and Jinder will get the pin. That's just it's lazy WWE style booking. It's either that or it's a DQ, right? Like those seem like the only options. Well, I would never ever put put it past. I would never put it past Vince to have the Raw champion pin the SmackDown champion clean. Like he he does. <laughs> he, any chance he gets to make Raw look superior to SmackDown, he he will take. That's that's fair. I would I would never put that past him. But I I assume there will be some kind of of schmoz finish there. But I. Ugh. All right. Um, what else got you? Uh, what else? Okay, I'll 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 take a turn here. Uh, here's what what got my goat this week: Cody Rhodes. <laughs> now, uh, some Bullet Club intrigue broke kind of between the time we recorded and the time I was able to get our show posted last week. Jimmy Jacobs found himself fired from WWE. Uh, not sure all the details there, but. It was uh, framed as him taking a photo with the Bullet Club guys uh, during their lame Raw Invasion thing <laughs> from a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Was this the uh, the final straw, and that got Jimmy Jacobs fired? So, look, Jimmy's responsible for his own actions, and I think it's pretty crappy that he got fired for that at least but i mean we don't know all the details there it's not as easy i mean to me as to say okay he did x and so he got fired it's like we don't know what what his relationship with the higher-ups in wwe were like and if they were looking for an excuse to get rid well, of him yeah that was the thing and that was that was the way it was phrased by ryan satin and i believe by dave Meltzer as well was that he this was the quote unquote final straw. Now, as far as I know, neither of them or anybody else explained what the other straws may have been that uh that led to his departure. Um but yeah, it I mean it certainly screamed they wanted a reason, so they took one. Um sure. and and in that sense, I'm in no way trying to get the to blame the bullet club guys for Jimmy Jacobs not having a job anymore. However, it just goes to show you that there are some consequences to what those guys are doing. And like, 
you can take the, you have taken the tact and i'm not not gonna not gonna argue this at all i think it's a completely le- legitimate point as we talked about on the show last week you're allowed to have nuanced opinions <laughs> about things but you kind of take an attack that well that wwe hit the hit the young bucks with a cease and desist last week however that happened because the young bucks went to their show and were trying to stir crap up. <laughs> so I, there are consequences to what young bucks and Cody and, and the elite as they call themselves are, are doing right now. So Cody Rose does an interview this week and you know, he talks about how he's the biggest draw in professional wrestling right now. And then <laughs> Roman Reigns, fires back with unless you've done a show that, that has a hundred thousand people uh don't even come at me and then cody went on an roh show and took pot shots at roman for failing a drug test and for having a gut and that's why he wears a flak jacket now twitter beefs. I mean, that's a pretty sick burn that's a pretty sick burn bro oh. twitter beefs are very lame but i feel like this crossed over somewhat into uh, real life when Cody Rhodes went on a Ring of Honor show and took a shot at Roman Reigns. Now, is it silly for Roman Reigns to claim to be the biggest draw in wrestling when WWE is playing to half houses at TV tapings every week and they're doing four, uh, four tickets for the price of three gimmicks at most Raw and SmackDown tapings and especially SmackDown tapings all over the country? Um, of course, it's silly for Roman Reigns to, to claim to be the biggest draw in pro wrestling. I don't know that there is a biggest draw in pro wrestling in 2017, and Cody has absolutely done quite well for himself. Cody and the Bullet Club guys have kicked Ring of Honor up a notch. They absolutely deserve credit for that. However, Cody is flying a bit too close to the sun, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Cody... Well- Cody put, couldn't. Sorry, Cody couldn't just, cut it. <laughs> he couldn't cut it in the major leagues, and so now he's he's a big fish in a small pond, and he's doing very well in Ring of Honor, and he's going to end up getting himself back to WWE one day because let's be real, that's where the real money is. But for him to, he's feeling pretty cocky right now, and I'm sure he's just trying to stir the pot somewhat. But I'm just saying, be careful. Be careful. We've seen what stirring the pot, what consequences stirring the pot have. And Cody, there is no such thing as a big draw in wrestling in 2017. I'm sorry. And you are in the minor leagues. Can I, <laughs> that's all I get. That's all I can, get. I, can I talk a little bit now? Sorry. That's fine. No, no, it was, it was very good. Um, so some points. One, uh, the four sellouts they did this week uh, happened because Kenny Omega was on those shows. I'm not saying they would not have sold out otherwise, but when Kenny, all they announced for for that Global Wars tour was Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega appearing on all four shows, and they sold out very quickly. So I think Kenny Omega is probably the biggest indie draw in the world right now. Not saying that Cody doesn't deserve some credit, but at least for uh, for American indies, I think if you can get Kenny Omega or British indies, if he goes over and does What Culture or whatever, whatever their new thing is called. Defiant, I think. Um, that Who cares? Is, it doesn't matter. 
Yes. So that's, that's probably, he's not, he may not even be the biggest indie draw in, uh, in professional wrestling. I think, I think Kenny Omega, I think the Young Bucks, I think the Bullet Club brand is obvious. It's obviously very strong right now. That's the reason they have shirts in every hot topic in America. Um, again, if you don't bet on yourself, like what we've basically said all, every time Cody Rhodes has come up over the last six months or year or however long he's been gone now, if you don't bet on yourself, you should have a high opinion of yourself. You should want to bet on yourself and prove that you're better. You know, if you want to say, Hey, I deserved better in WWE, then you got to go out and prove it. Um, now I will say, I think in the long run, him throwing up middle fingers to WWE and Vince is only going to make them want them more because that's, how Vince McMahon is. So I don't think he's necessarily hurting himself when it comes to WWE right now, but I will add one little point to your thing. Um, he has a brother currently employed with the company and they can make life miserable for that dude who probably, I don't know. I don't know what Dustin Rhodes financial situation is. He's been on national TV for like 30 years now, but um, I'm not, I, I doubt he would be destitute, but they could, you know, they could make Goldust's life not fun on the road uh, for a, for a long time because they're mad at Cody. Um, so yeah, I I think your point about him choosing his words, or really any of, I mean, he's got a lot of friends. I mean, Zack Ryder tweets out a picture of him and his girlfriend with Cody and Brandy Rhodes like once a week. So well, like, Zach's trying to get himself fired at this point, isn't he? Probably, but. Uh, when they well, that's the thing. When they know you want to be fired, they won't fire you. Um, <laughs> but, what a weird company. Oh, it it is. So I do think it's <laughs> worth pointing out that it, while it may not hurt Cody's long term prospects, because I think they'll look at. I think that's the kind of stuff that Vince McMahon probably secretly likes. But yes, in the short term, that could be damaging to Cody's brother or Cody's friends or anyone. Or how they how they treat the legacy of Cody's father. Uh, I mean, I think Triple H is going to be pretty protective of that because of the NXT stuff. But you never know. Um, so yeah, I would agree with your assessment that Cody Rhodes, if not for his own benefit, but for the benefit of his friends and family, should perhaps choose his words more carefully going forward. So again, between and we actually mentioned this on the show last week, but Neville walked out of WWE. He pulled an Austin Aries, he pulled a CM Punk, and he walked out. We weren't quite sure the extent of that story uh, last week when we were recording. And this week, well, really no new information has come out other than, hey, Neville wasn't on TV this week, and it sure seems like Neville's gone. And then the whispers this week, as we're, we're, we are recording this very late on a Tuesday night, and this will be posted sometime on Wednesday evening. So about, you know, roughly a 20-hour turnaround time or so. But the, the rumblings today are that Nia Jax walked out of Raw. And um, he's getting a lot of run this week. Ryan Satin on Pro Wrestling Sheet <laughs> said that he can only confirm that Nia has been granted a personal leave of absence from WWE. It sure seems odd excuse me, sure seems odd that she would have any reason to walk out. I I don't buy that Nia Jax walked out, but heard a lot of rumblings this week about a lot of people being unhappy and a lot of people seeing 
the uh, t-shirt sales numbers of Cody and the Bullet Club guys and finding life outside of WWE more attractive right now. I don't necessarily think Nia Jax is a part of that, but do you have any thoughts on uh, any of those rumors? And just generally, I would warn anybody who wants out of WWE and wants to go out on the indies, okay, there's room for a a couple more of you, and then that's about it. So don't go... (laughs) Don't go throwing your life away well, that's for, the thing. for a pro wrestling tea story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, if you want, yeah, you're right. You, so you've got two options. If you decide to quit, yeah, you can try to find a spot in ring of honor or new Japan. Um, and if you don't want to do that, you got to do what Cody Rhodes did. Uh, and what to, for some of his last indie days, what Kevin Owens did which is just you got to be willing to work everywhere and just travel all over the dang place and travel to Europe and travel to Japan and travel to Bumble F Mississippi and do house shows there. And just it's like, I don't know if, uh, you know, so if, yeah, if you want to go out and hustle and work Maryland championship wrestling and uh fine place, by the way, not, not throwing shade on them, but they aren't, you know, they aren't, not everything is going to be, not everything is going to be as glamorous as, you know, the Manhattan Center with with Ring of Honor and sold out shows. You're going to have to, you know, like, like you said, there's I'm sure ROH would throw decent money at a guy like Neville or I'm sure New Japan uh, would love to have him in their, you know, in their junior heavyweights division, maybe even their heavyweights division. He's probably heavier than like most of them. So um, Neville's Neville's a big little dude, but um, yes, you're right. As far as the you know the biggest indies, um, there's there's only so much money. So yeah, if you want to go out and those spots are already taken, say in like six months, then yeah, you got to be willing, uh, you know, evolve and ROH and obviously evolve is uh, is basically just WWE's first developmental territory now. So it's i don't i don't know if if wwe blacklists a guy and he i mean if he quits does he immediately go and work evolve that would be odd um i I, i'm sure wwe can't technically tell uh gabe sapolsky or whoever to to not book a guy but i'm sure they can make it clear that they would like it if they did not book a guy so yeah your your options become if you're not going to get into roh or new japan or somewhere in in uh, the UK, who most of those promotions have also made nice with WWE because they're idiots. Um, you're gonna you're gonna need to hustle, and you're gonna need to work all over the country every weekend and do three or four shows every weekend to probably even make comparable money to whatever the money you were making in WWE is. And I just I don't know if I see that many people having the the work ethic. Uh, <laughs> It'd be Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder would go out there and he would work everywhere and he's probably made enough money where he doesn't necessarily need to work, need to work right now to put food on his table, but he would sell a million shirts and he would be the, he would be the kind of guy that would hustle and go do that. Right. Right. Exactly. That's a, that's a, that's a really good example. Right. But on the other hand, if you're, I don't know, pick a name from the, from the raw undercard. Um, Luke Gallows. Right. Um, well, he could do Bullet Club stuff, so he's a bad example. That's but, true. Apollo Crews. Yes. So Apollo Crews, who doesn't have a giant indie rep, 
Um, despite what Baron Corbin once yelled at him, I don't believe he ever worked Ring of Honor. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that guy would probably, again, he would need to work. He could probably go to ROH or be a guy in New Japan or Noah. Obviously, I know New Japan isn't the only company in Japan, but uh, yeah, to if again to make the money he's probably making WWE, he would probably and who doesn't have immediately have a name that people will go, oh man, I would buy his shirt. Um, yeah, he would probably have to work and hustle a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I think yeah that kind of that kind of life it probably looks very attractive right now if you're just a lower card guy not doing anything not getting time don't feel like you're being given an opportunity to to really try or really uh you know be given a chance to grab that brass ring and all that all those other buzzwords i can understand like you said how it looks attractive but you are definitely right in that there's only so many there's only there's you know there's three or four spots and it feels like if the reports are true, about 15 guys are about to jump for those four spots. We got to get some LOLs in this week and, uh, impact wrestling who are are taking their bound for glory show North of the border to Canada. That name gets funnier every year. (laughs) Bound for glory. (laughs) They are. uh... (laughs) I'm just going to read this report from pro wrestling sheet this week. Citizens of Ottawa, you're in luck because Impact Wrestling has partnered with a local pizza joint to sell an Impact pizza and drink for one special week in November. (laughs) The company sent out a press release on Tuesday saying they've partnered with Crust and Crate Fast Fired Pizza Pub and will hold a press conference on Friday. (laughs) To unveil their special menu items. Impact superstar Bobby Lashley and reigning Impact World Champion Eli Drake. Wait, he's the champ. He's the champ? Will attend the press wait, conference. He's, he's the along... world champion, not like the the world champion or the. I'm just. That's what this press release says. They'll, the poor man, Ken the Kennedy, Eli Drake, is the world along champion. with representatives from Crust and Crate. The announcement continues. At the press conference, Crust and Crate Fast Fired Pizza Pub will uh, unveil the first ever Impact Pizza with Lashley and Drake set to eat slices from the inaugural Impact Pizza along with the Impact official signature beverage. These menu items will only be be available from November 5th to November 10th at this Ottawa Pizza Place. Now, I promised on Twitter, I promised our friend Sting on Twitter, a breakdown of those menu items compared to the WCW grill items, uh, the old Nitro grill. Uh, They had uh, a, 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 okay, let's just start, let's start with the uh, the undercard. They had uh, wrestling rings, which were uh, onion rings, broken fingers, (laughs) which which were chicken fingers, vicious nachos. Headlock hot wings, clothesline quesadilla, choke slam cheese fries, the jackknife fried cheese, nitro girl skins. I'm sorry, what? Excuse me? What? <laughs> they're selling you they're selling human flesh at the nitro girl? No wonder it went under. 
now, when you get into some of the entrees there, they had uh, Jimmy Hart's pasta. What? All these are <laughs> kind of these are kind of like wrestling puns. And then it's like we got Jimmy Hart's pasta. Well, of course you had uh, you had the you had the Gold Burger. <laughs> yeah, you had the Sting Burger. What else do we have here? Uh, the uh, a broken rib black eye steak. Uh, a big sexy porterhouse. <laughs> Hey, Kevin Nash is coming to Maryland this week. He's working in Maryland Championship Wrestling this weekend. Speaking of a big, sexy porterhouse, <laughs> they of course had a How Booker did he T. Try to get that nickname over. Good question. They of course had had a Booker T Bone steak at the at the Nitro Grill. So I I don't I like know that they tried for like for like three percent of these names. They actually tried to come up with like a decent pun. And then the rest of them are just like sting burger. Oh, they're so lazy. They're so lazy. Like I would absolutely eat a Booker T bone steak or a gold burger, <laughs> but mm-hmm. Jimmy Hart's pasta. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that guy looks oh, like it's the pasta. Just like mama heart used to make, you know <laughs> what it doesn't. Anyway, of course, in typical impact fashion, their menu hasn't been released yet. So you have to, uh, I guess, attend the press conference in Ottawa where they're hoping to draw 500 fans <laughs> live for Bound for Glory 2017. There's our, our weekly LOL at Impact Wrestling. A lot of negativity on the show this week, but at least we got to take a, a Take a jab at a promotion and kick them while they're down. Uh, Absolutely. On the, uh, on the way down here. Uh, that's all I've got right now. Do you have anything else you, that you want to touch on? Do we forget anything? Do we... Just, a, on, just, a, just, a, just a parting note. Uh, this, this week, and in fact, as we're recording this, this uh, one year to the day uh, was when Goldberg came back and uh, instantly became the best thing in professional wrestling for about six months. Um. Just want to say, I love Goldberg. I miss him. I hope he comes back soon and starts cutting great promos again because I, I could really use some babyface Bill Goldberg in my life right now. That'd be great. Are you ready for TLC this Sunday, by the way? We didn't miss pay-per-view this Sunday. <laughs> and we, we, only, we only talked about it in passing. Asuka's debuting and the Shields getting back together, but they're wrestling Kane, so of course we can't even have nice things. But <laughs> And they're putting Sasha who gets busted up on Raw every week. They're putting her on the pre-show. So I will, for the first time in history, watch a pre-show match. But <laughs> at least since the last time she was on a pre-show. Uh, I don't know. Are you excited for DLC? Uh, no, but they're... <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I, uh, we, oh, we didn't even talk about the stupid the Finn Balor thing. Uh, I don't Brian think we're done airing Bauer? grievances yet. <laughs> we're not done airing grievances yet. We're not done. No, that's the worst thing in, in, in the company. And it's one of the worst things they've ever done. This creatively is this Finn Bauer Bray Wyatt S. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a ton to add compared to what we talked about last week, but <laughs> worth, worth mentioning in passing on our, on our way out the door here that, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty atrocious and uh, it did not get any better, but uh, no Bray on the show this week. So at least we only got one terrible promo instead of, Finn's terrible promo and then like a Bray Wyatt rebuttal. So Finn Balor, the thing is like, okay, he's not a very good promo, but he's cool. So let's, let's, let's make him do promos and make him do things that make him seem uncool. Let's just really accentuate his negatives. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Ethan, I don't know if you noticed this, but he has an accent. 
and uh, he's also kind of short. So <laughs> he is therefore deserving of having all of his weaknesses put on full display on live television. And he is therefore deserving of the company trying to undercut his ability to be a star who makes money for them. He I deserves it. I don't, th- I don't think he's wrestling Brock Lesnar anymore. I mean, I think Ginger I mean, got that spot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess unless he's unless he's the Rumble guy, and they just figure, well, we'll have three more months to build him up, so we can have him do spooky nonsense with uh, with Bra- with uh, Bray, and then you know, like the third week of December, we'll start trying to make him ready for Brock. Ugh. All right. Well, I'm traveling. Man, this- you should have. <laughs> you should have just let me end on Goldberg. I was so yeah, happy for a minute. I'm sorry. I'm traveling this week. At least maybe we'll. we'll I'll, I'll text you during the show, and we'll uh, we'll have some LOLs about Sister Abigail at that. But <laughs> we got got that to look forward to. All hey, right. One one final happy note. Bo Dallas hasn't been on TV in like three weeks. <laughs> I I hope he's okay. I mean, always I hope- the less Bo Dallas, the more happy I am. That's generally how it works for my life. Unless of course yeah. he's actually sick or ill or injured in which case you know speedy recovery i'm sure he's a nice guy yeah i he was he was specifically trolling me with his wardrobe every week so yeah with the obvious uh, caveats may he rest in uh, you know obviously r.i.p uh but but uh yeah i'm, I'm with you thoughts and prayers <laughs> screw that guy all right <laughs> all right this is we were sorry. so close to ending on a nice note <laughs> you dragged me back down with your talk of the Rotundo brothers. <laughs> Bo and Taylor Rotunda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, this thing went off the rails at the end. I apologize. <laughs> I don't. Uh, until next time, I'm Ethan. And we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the elite podcast network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys.
holy hell <laughs> all right we have a we have a lot of show to get to uh yeah. we we kind of did the show on twitter in a certain sense today i don't yeah i, I don't know i mean i don't really do uh, i don't really want to run smackdown down segment by segment mainly because i didn't see any of it but also I think it'll make for a better show if we just talk about what pissed us off this week. That's fine. I don't, uh, I mean, nothing really happened on SmackDown. I mean, nothing Ex- urgent. Gender Challenge Brock is my takeaway yeah. from what I've seen. And we knew it was going to happen. Yeah, Gender Challenge Brock and AJ is going to be his television program on the way to Brock. It's um, insulting on so many levels. Yeah. Reminded me of when uh, Punk got upset that he was going to be Cena's television program before Cena wrestled The Miz. And I was like, man, you don't know what an honor that is compared to being Jinder Mahal. At least you were John Cena's television program. Jinder Mahal's. Ty Dillinger should be Jinder Mahal's TV program. (laughs) Exactly. Mojo Raleigh should should be Jinder's TV program. I hate Mojo Raleigh so much. (laughs) Like, like there's so so many guys that you have such strong feelings about that I have just (laughs) no opinion on. He he sucks and he's dangerous. I mean, that's that's a deadly combo. (laughs) (laughs) But who is it these days? No. There's a fair point. All right, let's just start doing the show because we've been doing the show all day. So let's just okay. do the show. Like <laughs> into into microphones now. Or do we want to like plan out? Like, do you want to start with Kane, or you want to save that for the main event? Honestly, I uh, physically cannot get very worked up about this. <laughs> so we should probably start with it in that case, then, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I. I. You know. I. I don't. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm probably going <clears> to... <throat> yeah. We'll call it in the ring. Yeah, I like it. <sighs> All right. So um, everything, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. She was talking about why why the Democrats insist on absolving Hillary of any any responsibility in losing, in losing the election. Well, mostly because a lot of the Democrats that backed her are still in power and are the more powerful people in the party, like Schumer or Pelosi. And so if they admit there are flaws with her game, they're admitting there are flaws in their own game, which, I mean, there are because the Democrats couldn't – I mean, the Democrats were originally projected to take the Senate back this past election cycle, and instead they lost seats. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's – the whole thing, and I mean, I mean, Schumer finally kind of came around and backed the Medicare for All bill, which was, which I mean, that was because he didn't have a choice because he would have looked like a schmuck if he didn't. But no, like that's the thing. It's like you can't just like co-sponsor the bill and then go away and then just like let it die because oh well, <laughs> Medicare for All is just a pipe dream. You can't do anything. It's like it's your job now <laughs> to hammer every Republican that is running against a Democrat, say, hey, we ha- Democrats had this idea to give everybody free health care, and the Republicans don't want you to have it. Like, that's what you should be doing. That's what you should be doing every day. Stop talking about Russia. Stop talking about all these dumb pipe dreams. Stop trying to, like, let Hillary and Bill and Chelsea Clinton deal with Hillary's legacy. You should be focusing on winning elections. <laughs> 
And stop trying to get stop trying to make Mike Pence the president. <laughs> Why are they obsessed with this? Every week every week for uh going on eleven months now, there's something I'm just bombarded with Keith Oberman telling me oh Mueller's <laughs> Mueller's closing in. It's like yes. I've been saying this for ten months. <laughs> Closing it on what? Censure? Yeah. <laughs> like, worst case scenario for the Repubs, or for really, I don't even know if Republicans even like him anymore, but like, the worst case scenario for Trump is censure. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Bubba Clinton got censured. You know what I mean? Like, right. what? What do you think's going to happen? <laughs> My thing is, like, the best-case scenario, if you're a Democrat, (laughs) ends with Mike Pence being the president. And it's like, at that point, you would think, hang on, we missed a step here, guys. This this cannot be our goal, to get Mike Pence to be the president. But it is, apparently. They hate him so much that they don't care. They just want him out of there. They're mad that he... Both, neither of neither Trump nor Hillary and her supporters can accept the voting results. That's why. That's why everyone's still throwing out that you know she won the popular vote. It doesn't effing matter that she won the popular vote. That's the whole problem. Um, yeah, I like I said. I think yeah. I think it's tied into they backed Hillary so strong and. There was a fundamental rejection of those policies. So if they acknowledge that, then they acknowledge that, like Pelosi and Schumer have to acknowledge that, like their ideas and policies are being rejected. And but are... they would rather they would rather spend their time talking about impeach un- unattainable impeachments and fighting with <laughs> Bernie Sanders for some reason. <laughs> Look, whatever you think of Bernie, like. I think he's a pretty ineffective public servant, given given he's been in, you know, he's been in office for like forty years, and nothing yes. that he wants has ever happened. That's fair. <laughs> but I think he's well intentioned. I mean, you can't Agreed. argue that you can't argue that you know, whatever. At least he has principles. He and At those principles, like he backed gay marriage for before twenty thirteen. Unlike Hillary, sure, <laughs> right? He was never I mean, for the Iraq War. Right, he's not a not a stick your finger in the wind guy. And it's right. like, I find that ad, I find that admirable, even if I you know sure. I can nitpick I can nitpick him on on, on certain stuff. But sure. I forget. Yeah, they're obsessed with like, with like fighting this this lifelong public servant. Yeah, <laughs> like he's the most like polling. By the way, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, who by the way generally, ge- by the way, generally play by the rules and didn't uh, line his pockets at least to the extent that uh, <laughs> a certain Clinton family did. I mean, good yeah. lord. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> there. And someone put it out on Twitter. It's like the idea that there is somebody to the left of the of like the mainstream centrist Democrat really irks them for whatever reason. Um, so, and they feel like it's their job to make him the bad guy and say look yeah all basically to do exactly what the republicans do to the democrats just go yeah all those policies sound good but who's gonna pay for it who's gonna yeah we gotta invade iran we don't have the money for free health care what are you talking about we gotta invade iran tomorrow <laughs> jeez it's time it's time for a war <laughs> it's my favorite john stewart line ever is oh man is there already time for our every 10 years surprise party for iraq <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> 
All right, I could. We could do this separate show all night. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry we we ran so late, but sorry. we're desperately out of time. <laughs> I try to keep on keeping on.